Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. When you're in a situation where maybe you're not, you know, for lack of lack of better words, not playing for anything. So for me, I play for the name on the on the on the front, even though it doesn't say it on there. But you know, I play for that Raiders, and I play for you know my my family as well. So there's really no question. It's just a you know I play one type of way. So if I'm out there, it's going to be full go, and it's going to be you know hopefully a lot of excitement. Um, you know, if I get opportunities to, to you know with the ball, but. Um, yeah, like I said, just pride. I, I play for that, the, the name on the front and the back, and that, that gets me through it. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. As we kick off hour number three of the show here on Raider Nation Radio, 920, let's say Roughness. Got some great insight from the Raiders locker room. Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, VegasNation.com. Uh, she chimed in and said that the music in the locker room was A1 today. She said from Mario to Ursher, Keisha Cole, Mary J. She said Trayvon Merrick and I were duetting How Do I Breathe in the locker room. So there you go. That's the insight you won't get anywhere else but here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Cassie, thank you so much for that insight. Joining us now on the phone lines talking about insight. How about this? Dr. Navdeep Singh, Chief Medical Officer for the Raiders, joins us now on the phone lines. And Doc, thanks so much for your time. And we all saw what we all saw on Monday Night Football. And I know that we can't diagnose exactly what happened. You didn't treat uh, DeMar Hamlin. We weren't there on site. But, you know, we know and we've gotten reports about him doing better. So uh, pray- sounds like prayers are being answered, which is a great thing. But there's a lot of confusion and, and maybe misinformation about about uh, some of the things and some of the um, some some stuff that happened on Monday, and so we know he went into cardiac arrest. And so when you say cardiac arrest, a lot of people think immediate heart attack. But doc, those are two different things, correct? Yeah, those are those are two very different things. One may be related to the other. One may cause the other, but those are two distinct, separate entities. Yeah, absolutely. And so he went into cardiac arrest. We know that he got to the hospital. He's been there in critical care there in Cincinnati. How important was it? And I know that the Raiders and every other team in the NFL have these facilities there at Allegiant Stadium. You actually took us on tour of that as well at Allegiant Stadium. It's almost like if you're not going to be at the hospital, the safest place to be for an NFL player is at an NFL stadium. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And, you know, as everyone's coming to, to understand, when you come to an NFL venue on game day, there is a very robust medical team that's present. There's over 30 medical professionals standing there that have practiced for things in the offseason, practiced for very dangerous medical conditions that could arise during a game, even though we hope that they never happen. Right. Um, and if you're going to have a place to where you're going to collapse or go down, you have upwards of 30 people just watching and ready for for that to happen and spring into action. So it's actually, if something is going to happen to you like that, it's a, it's, it's kind of a very safe place to be, if you will. So for those that don't know, I mean, there is an extensive amount of equipment there at Allegiant Stadium that a lot of folks, including myself, didn't know until, well, until it was brought to our attention. How, how much different equipment is actually on hand at Allegiant Stadium where if you need to take a player into something or you have to rush into action like we saw on Monday night, is, how much of that is available to the players? Yeah, you know, it's, it's quite available. And just to give you an idea, it's, it's the equipment and it's the people. So right. on the sidelines, uh, depending on where you are on the sideline, you have anywhere from two to four physicians, whether they're orthopedic surgeons or bone doctors or internal medicine physicians. You have those guys wearing the red hats. Those are called the UNCs. 
Those guys are the, also known as the concussion doctors. They're the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants. They're watching specifically to try to help identify concussions and manage those in real time. There's a, a few other people that are there. One of them is called an AMP, and this is critical for what happened on Monday. An AMP is what's called an airway management physician, and this is usually an emergency room physician or an anesthesiologist who has a lot of expertise in putting a breathing tube down into the throat mm. during critical conditions. That person is often backed up by what's called the visiting team medical liaison. That's also another emergency room physician who's paired with the visiting team when they come into town. So they have someone to go to if they have any needs while they're here, but they also work in the same fashion on game day. And, and after all that, you have uh, two groups of paramedics that are, on the sideline just watching and all of them have equipment all of them have advanced what what's called advanced airway equipment the AMP carries a special device in his bag that he would need to help put a breathing tube into the throat if the situation arises and they also have what's called an AED or an automated external defibrillator which uh, comes into play as part of the algorithm for managing cardiac arrest talking right now with uh, Dr. Singh. He is the Chief Medical Officer for the Raiders here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, it sounds like that a lot of different people play a factor into helping the players out when you, we see an event that happened on Monday. But is there maybe a group meeting that happens with all of the parties involved before a game happened when it comes to the ambulance or like the exit strategy and all of those things that we don't think about as fans? Yeah, that, that's actually a very, a very good question, and it's a, it's a, there's a process that takes place 60 minutes before kickoff, and that happens across all 32 NFL stadiums in a, in a standardized way. And basically, that meeting is a meet-and-greet between anyone who's involved in the care of, of a player or anyone who could be responsible or needs to act at the moment during the game. And... The people that attend this meeting, you have the, the officials because the officials want to know who the athletic trainers and the physicians are and who's going to be stationing, stationing where. You have the athletic trainers. You have the, the team physicians. You have the paramedics. You have the spotters or the eyes in the sky, if you will. You have the red hats that I described to you a little bit earlier. You have the, the VTML, the airway management physician, and you even have an x-ray technician who's there so that everybody knows that in case somebody needs an x-ray, we want to make sure we know who that person is. And once we've gone around and identified each other, descri described our roles, we, you know, we exchange contact information if that hasn't been done already. And we just review a few other things like um, in the event, you know, something happens or it's loud in the stadium, how do we use nonverbal cues to communicate with the sideline? Like let's say you need a cart to come out and someone has an injury to their ankle. There's things that we do, um, communication pieces that we use. And um, we also discuss things like, you know, if you need a medication, uh, if where's the pharmacy, how do you get to the pharmacy, what's the process? And, and lastly, we always talk about the hospital systems is that if you need to go to the hospital, which hospital will you go to, how will you get there, what's the process? So that takes place 60 minutes before every game across the country. Also, that we, we learned yesterday that Coach Josh McDaniels, that he had you speak to the team before practice, and Devontae Adams talked about how that was good, you know, to address the elephant in the room and to ease players' minds. So could you tell us a little bit about what you talked to the team about? Sure. So I, I think, you know, when you see something like this happen, you know, cardiac arrest is one of those things that is often talked about, but it's never seen. And when you see it, 
uh, you know, there there are basically no words. It's a shock-like situation for anyone that comes across it. And I think for the most part, people saw one of their, their comrades go down, a family member go down, and you just can't get yourself around it. And basically what we talked about, we just reviewed what had happened. Uh, we reviewed the way that the play had manifested. Um, we talked about the response, the re- how critical the response of getting to someone when they have a cardiac arrest is. And in this case, just to give you an idea of, of, of why this is important, you know, for, once you, you know, for every minute that you're in a cardiac arrest, your chance of you surviving goes down by 10%. And once you get to about the three-minute mark, the chance of you having uh, surviving that is, is, is negligible. In this case, if you look at the film, the, the first responders that attended to the, the player patient were there in 10 seconds. And when you get there that fast and you initiate CPR, that's the first thing that you're going to ask yourself in a hospital when you're wondering, how is somebody going to do? How fast did somebody get there? And did they start CPR? Did they do all the right things? So we talked a little bit about what CPR is, CPR stands for cardiopulmonary arrest, heart and lung, when the heart and lung stop. We talked about uh, what is uh, cardiac arrest. What does that mean when the heart stops? You know, we talked a lot about, you know, why did he have it? And, you know, there's a lot of speculation, as I'm sure you've heard, about what causes a, a cardiac arrest in a player like this. We've never seen it before on a, a football field. And, uh, my, my point, my, my message to the team was that we don't know what happened. We don't have all the facts. There are a lot of things that are going to be out there, but the doctors that are taking care of him are going to do extensive investigations to see if there was something that predisposed him to this. So more to come on that. And we just had a small question and answer session, and I think it was really good for, for the players and the staff. And when it comes to the response time, obviously from the first responders, but what is the message that you guys have with the players on the team, maybe before the season, or is there anything that happens along those lines where obviously the message would be see something, say something, when it comes to alerting the officials around that a player on the field needs attending to? Yeah, so that you know that that's also a really great question. The culture, the culture of of how we take care of our players has really become hey, see something, say something mentality. We don't, we don't really care what it is. If you have a concern, let's just use concussions, for example, because that's the one that we use most often in the NFL. You know, when we have this, uh, what's called a concussion protocol, where you've seen the blue tent, where if there's, any, if there's an obvious concussion or if there's even a suspicion of a concussion, we have this protocol that we can introduce. And when you ask yourself, well, who can, who can initiate the protocol? Well, it could be the player himself. It could be a teammate. It could be a coach, it could be an official, it could be a doctor, it could be a spotter. It could really be anybody who's watching. And if somebody exhibits a sign and symptom of a concussion, hey, let somebody know. And I can tell you firsthand over the past several years, I've seen people really embrace that mentality, both from a player standpoint and a coach standpoint. Talking again with Dr. Singh right here. He's the chief medical officer for the Raiders on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. So these guys had to get back to action on Wednesday, or at least, you know, get back in the building. As DeMond mentioned, uh, you had that conversation, and head coach Josh McDaniels mentioned that you had that conversation. Did it seem like by the end of that conversation they, they felt better about moving forward, still not knowing what's going on with their, their brethren? Yeah, I, I, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, it's anytime you have any kind of a, a situation that's, you know, I won't use the word tragic in this, in this setting because uh, my understanding is that this uh, player has improved. Yeah. But whenever you have a, a situation that's just um, shock and awe, you really need to sit down. 
you really need to go out, go over everything and you really need to debrief. You really need to explain things to people about what you think happened and just address the elephant in the room from a, from a medical standpoint. And I think, you know, for me, one of the hats that I wear when I'm not, you know, when I, my regular job as a physician, I'm a critical care physician. So I deal with cardiac arrest probably more than most physicians that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to give them a little bit more perspective on how things transpire, both from when you have a, a cardiac arrest, either from it's out in the field or what happens inside the hospital. So I think it was very good for them, and I think they they took a lot away from it. That's awesome. It really is. I mean, it's, it's good to know that there is someone like you that can have that conversation and kind of ease their minds because, look, these guys don't know. Just like I don't know. That's why you, you know, educating us is very helpful here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Let me ask you this as we close things out. How important is it for everyday Joes like Damon and myself to learn CPR? Because, I mean, even though we're not you, we're not a medical expert, we're not a first responder, CPR is not that difficult to learn, and it can really help out in any kind of situation. You know, learning CPR, I think, is a skill that everyone should have. I mean, you could be, you could be in a, a mall, or you could be out in a park, or you could be in a race, and if somebody goes down right in front of you, and if you know how to help that person, you could really save their life. Um, it is not something that requires you to have a medical degree. I know countless number of people that can undergo this training. It's very straightforward. It's very basic. And it could be life-saving. And not, not only that, I think there's a sense of security when you know that, hey, if somebody goes down in front of me, um, instead of waiting for someone else to come around, you could really be the lifesaver in the room. So uh, I think anyone who has the ability to understand and learn CPR, they should. And it's not just, you know, mouth to mouth. It's also chest compressions, which is something that is used more frequently now, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll tell you what, it used to be back in, back in one of the previous generations of what's called uh, ACLS protocol. ACLS stands for Advanced Cardiac Life Support. It would be mouth-to-mouth and chest compressions, and there's an algorithm that you follow, but they kind of took that away. The first thing that you do is you start with compressions. As you saw on game day, you know, there's, there's other things that you do, and even the mouth-to-mouth piece of it has really gone by the wayside because there are other things that you need to do to, to save someone, which is really the compressions and circulation. The, the, the mouth-to-mouth part of it is not necessarily one of the first things that you need to do anymore. There you go. Well, great knowledge right there, and thank you so much for everything that you do, and I'm glad you had that opportunity to talk to the players, and uh, thanks for coming on the show to give us a little bit of insight about those conversations and getting those guys uh, you know, kind of resting their mind at ease or at least helping them uh, rest their mind at ease a little bit. Doc, thanks so much. We appreciate you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. There he goes. Dr. Singh right there. He's the chief medical officer for the Raiders. And just kind of give us a little behind the scenes. And again, man, with all that equipment that they have there at Allegiant Stadium, literally, if you're not in the hospital, the best place for you to be is at an NFL stadium because they have so much that none of us really realize until, well, until you realize they prepare for the very, very worst. Hope for the best. Hope that they never use it. It's like you want to have that you know, $50 million worth of equipment that you never touch, right? That thing that you never touch. You never want to have to use it. But just in case you do, you know that you got it. And every NFL stadium is equipped with that. 415 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I I came here. You know, I wouldn't have been here or ended up here um, originally probably, you know, if Derek wasn't here. But 
doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be here, you know, in, in the event that he's not here. Um, he's my, that's, that's my boy. Obviously, I got his back through anything. I think I've made that more than clear at this point, and, and I support him and support everything that he has, um, you know, moving forward as well. But, um, you know, my, my dream was to play for this team before he was a Raider, obviously. And at this point, I want to, you know, obviously try to make this thing work and, and, and continue on doing what I'm doing here and, um, you know, myself get better and obviously see the team grow and get better as well. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Devontae Adams right there. He was responding to Hondo Carpenter when he asked him the question yesterday while Devontae Adams was at the podium about being with the silver and black after this season without Derek Carr, who was very, you know, active in getting Devontae Adams to be a Raider. We've had plenty of questions. You know, we even threw the question out there, what, about a week ago, you know, uh, if the Raiders should move forward and make sure that they, you know, talk to and, and really consult with Devontae Adams and make sure whoever the next quarterback is, he's happy with. And I, I have no doubt that that's what they're going to do. But something that Devontae Adams said right there that was very, very large, a very large statement that may have slid past a lot of people. But to me, all the flags went off. And they were silver and black flags that flew off when he said what he said. Obviously, I wanted to be here before Derek was here. And that's what we've talked about on the show. We've talked about it so many times because we still have so many people in Raider Nation that are fighting back and forth, interfighting. Not me and DeMond. We're not... We're not, we're not signing up for that. I'm not trying to do a show where we have people calling in, is he, isn't he, this, that, and the other. I don't, look, I've been criticized for not, not bringing up Derek Carr's name enough, but I'm just talking about the cats that are playing right now. Whatever the front office does is whatever the front office does. And I know we've talked about who the potential next guys could be, but I'm not going to keep going back because we all know how people get fired up. But the one thing I'll say, and I've said it so many times, and I've said it for myself, and I can only speak for myself, I was a fan of the team before D.C. was ever drafted. I'll be a fan of the team far after he's gone. I was a fan of the team before Devontae Adams was a Raider. I'll be a fan of the team far after he's gone. And that goes for everyone in that locker room. I'm a fan of Josh Jacobs. I was a fan of the Raiders before Jacobs was drafted. I'll be a fan of Jacobs after. I think when he said that he wanted to be with the Raiders far before Derek was there, I think that told you a lot about his desire to play for the team that he grew up as a fan of. Yes, he wants to play with his, his college teammate. I get that. Who doesn't want to? I'd like to do shows with, you know, cats that uh, I came up in the game. I'd like them to work with us, right? Just because that'd be great. Didn't always work out that way. But doesn't change, doesn't change, doesn't change how I feel. Same thing with Adams. I thought that was good that he said that. It was good that he said that because not so much that he needed to say it, but it's the narrative around it right. where he has to squash those flames or just to put out that fire of, hey, does Devontae want to leave? Right. He could ask for a trade after this season. You know how tight him and D.C. are. So he also he says, hey, man, everybody knows that he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Derek. Right. He didn't and that's respect. Yes. Yeah, that's respect. He's still, you know, uplifting his man. You right. know, he's not throwing him under the bus right. in any and he shouldn't. whatsoever. And he shouldn't, right. You know, so but it's still important for him to say that that he still wants to be a part of this team, that he was a fan of the Raiders before Derek, and he still wants to be a part of the team. And he also mentioned a little bit yesterday that yeah, he would like a little input on who the next quarterback As he should be. He he's earned that right. I think he's earned that right. And I know he's only been with the team one year. He's earned that right in my opinion. He really has and he's that stinking good. Why not? He's one of your best players on your team. Why not consult with him? And be like, Hey, this is what we're thinking. How are you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying that you have to go and do exactly what uh, he wants you to do, 
But I don't think there's anything wrong with consulting with them and saying, hey, this is the direction we're thinking about going. What do you think? Exactly. And also, I know that people it, for for D.C., it was the biggest thing in the world, how much money he's going to be making. Mm-hmm. But with Devontae Adams, he certainly earned every penny. Right. But hey, if you're going to be playing a playing a, pay, a player thirty million dollars, ask him how he feels about it. Right. Again, you, know? you don't have to necessarily roll with exactly what he says, but at least get his input. I think that that's cool. Coming up at 430, we'll talk to Vinny Bonsignor from obviously the, the Review Journal and Raider Nation Radio 920, the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with uh, Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. Before we get to that, though, I'm really proud of this. We were talking about the music that was being played in the Raiders locker room when I can, I heard, I heard Mary J. Blige. I heard. I just couldn't tell exactly what song it was, but I knew Mary when I heard it. Raider 92 hit me up and said everything. Sent me the sent me the link to the music Apple. Everything by Mary J. And I said, that's right. That's right. And he said, no doubt. I know hurt Mary when I hear her. So there you go, which is funny because that wasn't the only response. As I mentioned, Cassie Soto, who joins us on Fridays, she mentioned the music in the locker room, how it was on point, and she was, she was feeling it as well. But Raider Cush, at Eric Cush 8 on Twitter, tweeted out a poll. And I hate this poll. Not mad at him, but hate the poll. Because it says, who makes a better album at your boy Q254? A Hurt Mary J or a Hurt Keisha Cole? And the only reason I hate this poll is because the obvious answer is a Hurt Mary J. Right? I mean, that's, that's Queen Mary. Right? I mean, that's just, it don't matter who you are. But as a Bay Cat, like I am, I want to say, I want to put the blinders on and be like, oh, I heard Keisha Cole. But that was, that, was, that was my soundtrack, right? Keisha Cole ain't necessarily everyone's soundtrack. But as I responded, I said, well, Mary paved the way for everybody. So it's, it's definitely, the answer is definitely a hurt Mary. But I also said that Keisha, I said, as a Bay Area cat, I want to roll with a hurt Keisha, but hurt Mary paved the way. Mary wins out, but Keisha's my go-to. She's actually been the soundtrack for a hurt Q, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to take it another step further. Who makes a better hurt hit? It's got to be Mary. Mary, Mary, look, man, Mary's, look, you don't see Keisha Cole on power, do you? You don't see Keisha <laughs> Cole, you know, being the queen pin on, uh, on, on power. Is it power or is it ghost? Whatever it was. I haven't watched it in a long time. But Mary is Mary, man. I don't care what kind of mood you were in. Mary could come in with a hurt song and you are all of a sudden in that mood, right? I'm telling you, I don't know what movie it is. I forget what movie it is where... Um, she's in that movie with Taraj Minaj and um, also dude from CSI Miami. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, and he's the guy. He's like the carpenter, and uh, oh, man, they he, she takes in her her family's kids or her granny's kids. I don't remember who. Uh, I can do bed all by myself. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Like when yeah. Mary, hey man, when Mary starts jamming, <laughs> why Mary starts jamming? Yeah, that was a hell of a movie right there too. By the way, uh, any movie that has Taraj Minaj in it is good. Is good to go for me. I'm a big fan of Taraj Minaj. She's cool. Um, <laughs> I was going to show my age real quick. When Mary J. Blige was playing in the house for me, that means it was time to clean up. <laughs> that was the clean- Mary J. Blige playing on a Sunday or a Saturday. Damn it, got to clean up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, Mary Mary is that go-to, though. She is that go-to, man. I'll tell you right now, there was, what was, oh, there was a time that I was, you know, I, I used to be this guy where I used to drive around and whatever I was playing in the car on the CD player, of course, because I'm old, but I, uh, whatever was on the CD player, you knew what kind of mood I was in. Like if Pac Blank the World was on, then you everyone knew like, okay, let's just be quiet because Q's angry, right? I don't know what we did, but Q's angry. 
One time, and this was purely accidental, purely accidental, me and the wife, she was mad at me for something I did. Shocking, right? She was mad at me. And I had Keisha Cole on, and it was the first, it was the first album. So it, I'm one of those where I could play it, just play it from start to finish. So I don't, I ain't worried about it. So as the songs keep going, I'm turning it up because I'm in the zone and I want her to know that I'm in the zone, right? And she's made me mad. I should have cheated, came on right after, and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> she looked at me and she's like, nice song. And I was like, that was purely accidental. Purely accidental. My fault. Like I was it, it backfired on me. Let's put it like that. But also when I should have cheated, came on, and I was like jamming. I looked over and I was like, oh, she said, nice song. I said, uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> How do I get out of this one? <laughs> that was not good. That was bad timing. But it was just an accident. But yeah, that that used to be me, man. I used to be you knew exactly what was on my mind. When I was driving FedEx in Tulare, California, and I was going through some stuff, I had Kanye 808 and Heartbreaks on, and I was belting it out like I was, you know, like I had auto-tune in the FedEx truck. And you know I didn't have no auto-tune. And we're not, here we go. You know what I mean? I was just in the zone, man. And I was, you knew, like, if I could have tears going down my eyes, I would. And I don't even know what I was angry or upset about. I don't know who hurt me, but somebody did. <laughs> How could you be so on? Yeah. I mean, I mean, oh, man, I was, I'm about to get in the zone right now. Vinny don't know what to do. Vinny Bonsignor, he's up next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Benny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, we do appreciate you as always, my man. Before we get into anything Raider related, I got to ask you, as we just poured out our, 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 our truce, we just opened up our heart to everybody here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I got to ask you, was there ever a song or an album, or an artist that was a go-to for you when you were just not in the mood? Like today in the Raiders locker room, a lot of Mary J was played. I heard that when uh, you, you sent over Darren Waller and sent over Hunter Renfro, and I'm like, man, a hurt Mary J Blige got you. You know, you knew what time it was when you heard a hurt Mary J Blige. Was there ever an artist like that for you? Yes, um, two actually. Uh, I was I always loved Luther Vandross. Um, so, uh, Big Luther or Skinny Luther? Uh, both. <laughs> he, he, he was he, uh, he was good both ways. Um, but uh, but you know when there was when there was some time for some reflection and uh, and some slow uh, jam type of thing, Luther was always up there. But also Prince's slow stuff was good too. When you when you were in your mood a little bit, uh, there was a lot that he did. We all always remember the funky side and the upbeat side and everything like that. Uh, but he dropped the major 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 slow different a lot of different. People. There you go. A little bit of Prince for Vinny. And Vinny's, Vinny just dropped Luther and Prince. I knew Vinny was an old school player back in the day, man. I, I know I said back in the day. Vinny, you got, you got some skills there, homeboy. Wait for love. I'm just... <laughs> Hold on. Reconnect Vinny real quick because his phone just cut out. Reconnect Vinny. There's, that's too good of stuff. But Vinny, man, look at that. Vinny dropped some, some gems on us. Luther and Prince. Oh, man. I see. I see. See, that's why Vinny be trying to tell you. He be trying to put you up on game, DeMond. You don't want to listen. But Vinny, no. Vinny, know what's up. He knows what time it is. Man, you can learn a lot from a guy who uh, is quoting Skinny and Big Luther and then also 
quoting uh, some Prince right there. I'm not mad at that. We're going to reconnect with Vinny because we want to make sure that we, uh, you know, we get him and he's sounding good. Glenn in San Jose hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. And he said, don't forget Snoop Dogg gave the greatest compliment about Mary J. Blige back in the day. She's our generation's Aretha Franklin. There you go. Boom. Glenn in San Jose. I will say I got this awesome text in the break. Dog. Heart, heartless, talking about Kanye, dropped after my high school girlfriend broke up with me. Still can't listen to it without getting in my feelings. You don't forget that stuff. That's real. That is real right there. That, man, I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know who hurt me, but I was driving around that FedEx truck, man, and I was I was in a I was in a zone. <laughs> I was in a I was in a rough zone, but I was feeling I thought I was doing something positive. I uh, got another text. Big Dub Raider said, AQ, I agree with Hurt Keisha Cole. I'm a Donnell Jones fan and don't want happy Donnell, LOL. Go Raiders. Man, Donnell Jones was, yeah, that was, see, that'll make him. I'm about to sound like an old cat, right? That'll make him like that no more, <laughs> right? Donnell Jones was the man. Oh, that's a really good one, man. You got us in our R&B feelings today here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I like that. Uh, Robin Oakland, he, he's actually talking about some football things. We got Vinny back? Okay, we'll get to Robin Oakland's text in a minute. Vinny, we got you back, man, and I'll go ahead and get off the R&B before I get us all in trouble. But uh, what what was the mood like, man? What was the, the feel like today at the Raiders locker room? I understand this is going to be our last availability until Saturday. Oh, man, did we lose him? Oh, there he is. Is he there? I got you. Okay, you, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Um, you know, the mood was, um, I think everyone wants to get through this game. Uh, you know, not everyone wants to start talking about the bigger picture because the big picture starts uh, on Sunday or, or, you know, almost like 5 o'clock on Saturday when when everybody starts looking ahead to 2023 and what they're going to do to get better, whether or not they're going to even be here uh, or not. So it's kind of a weird time when you know that the end is a day or two away. Uh, but I think everybody wants to put their best foot forward, try to finish this season as strong as possible, uh, and then start gearing up for 2023. What is something that you would like to see from Jarrett Stidham on Saturday? I'm not saying it's going to solidify him as you know potentially a starter or anything, but just just kind of want to see a little bit more from him. What would you like to see? Man, I really liked what I saw from Jarrett, um, and, I, and I've loved how he's handled himself since. You know, uh, we were talking to him uh, these last couple of days off the podium, you know, just off to the side, uh, and just how natural this all feels to him. So what I would like to see um, on, on, on Saturday is just kind of a continuation uh, of what he did on Sunday. I don't expect another 365 with three touchdowns. Right. Um, but, you know, the decision-making that he had, the poise that he had, the understanding of the offense, the mobility, um, you know, at times just taking off and running. Uh, he's got a lot to offer. And I think everybody just wants to see a little more of it now. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. As far as Jarrett goes, I know he's a free agent when the season comes to a close. How much sense would it make for the Raiders to say, hey, we're going to bring him back no matter what, and then we're going to work on you know, the quarterback position to, to make the ultimate decision after that, but make sure that they bring back Jarrett Stidham? Yeah, I think it's pretty important because no matter who you get, uh, whether you're talking about the big names like Tom Brady or uh, uh, you know Jimmy G, uh, Tom Brady's getting a little bit older. Uh, we all know that. We all understand that. And although he's been durable, he's still getting older, mm-hmm. and um, you have to protect just in case he gets hurt. Uh, Jimmy G has had a history uh, of injuries, so you want a solid backup. But I think that Jared Stidham right now, even though I'm sure he wants to start and has an opportunity. Uh, at the very least, he comes back, uh, you know, makes himself a little bit of extra money, 
going from uh, this year to next year. Um, and then he's really a very valuable and solid backup piece for the Raiders. You know, one of the things that I've been saying is if this team goes out and say they bring in a veteran quarterback, regardless who it is, you know, we know the names that are out there. Uh, to you, does that mean that if they were to bring in a veteran, that they would really show some attention to making sure that offensive line is where it needs to be, like really bolstered up, something they, they didn't do this offseason? I don't think there's any question uh, that the offensive line is going to be a huge priority. I think you're going to see some new faces uh, at a couple of different positions. There's some moving parts. I mean, um, you know, they really like Bill uh, Parham, but, but they have a feeling that he might like his best position might be better. You're opening up the hole at guard. Andre James is a guy uh, that can move around the, the line quickly at center. So what do they do there? Uh, do they make that move uh, where, you know, to put Dylan at his best position? I think right tackle, um, upgrading at right tackle is, is uh, a huge priority. Um, so, yes, the offensive line will get the attention that it deserves this offseason. And as far as the game goes on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, I've been asking everyone, you know, how important would it be for, for you know, the fan base itself to see the Raiders close out the season with a victory, especially over the Chiefs. How many players on this roster, and, I mean, you don't have to go through it, like, name by name, but how much do you think can be earned on Saturday by the, the players that are, are on the team that want to remain on the team moving forward? I think it's I, – I think anytime you are able to put together um, a, a really – solid, good uh, last impression is always important. But I will say that, you know, uh, Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels, they both talked about when they took over here, um, hey, this year is going to, a lot of it is going to be about assessing. What do we really have in the players that we have in this roster? What do we have in the building in terms of the scouts and the support staff? A lot of this was about evaluation. Whether anyone really wanted to hear or listen or not, that's what it was going to be about. And I think by this point, they have a pretty good idea of who they would like to bring back uh, and who might fall by the wayside, um, you know, and with, a, with a nice thank you for the effort that they put through, put out this year. Uh, but I think they have a pretty good idea, regardless of what happens uh, on Sunday, uh, who they want to roll into 2023 with. You mentioned that about the players, the, the front office, that they know who's probably going to be back and who's not. But do you, do you I kind of, it's kind of like not for nothing, but just could a big game help someone out and maybe change the eyes of the staff? Um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, if somebody goes out there and, and, and just blows up, um, you know, that, that would give them a little, you know, let's, let's say a guy that's maybe on the fence right now in their eyes, and I don't know. Uh, who that might be or anything like that, but if there is somebody uh, that that really you know that they're, that they're still have a little bit of question about uh, that goes out there and balls out in a major major way and maybe shows something that they haven't been showing uh, throughout the course of the season, no doubt that, that that might be able to help somebody. But I think they have a pretty good idea uh, of uh, where they're going to go and where they're going to turn uh, as they start transitioning into the 2023 season. And yesterday, Devontae Adams, he mentioned, hey, he's going to be playing for pride. He's going to be playing for the name that's on the front of the jersey, even though that the Raiders' name isn't on the front of the jersey. So do you think that these players, that they're still going to be coming into it with that sense of, hey, this is a rivalry, these are the Chiefs, because we know for, for KC this is going to be Raider week? Yeah. Uh, as long as dudes that he's a he's going to stop until the finish line, uh, you know, until the classes. The finish line. Uh, that's how he rolls that stuff. He's told that's how he's wired. Uh, and I um, him to go out there and ball out uh, on Sunday and try to, you know, set a nice foundation for himself 
moving forward and let everybody else know, hey, this is how it's done and this is how we do it. And I think it's extremely important in that locker room. He's a guy that, you know, in short order, uh, has really established himself as a Raider and as a leader and as an example, as somebody that that's how you do it. Watch that guy because that guy knows how to get it done. And I think that he wants to show everybody else, the young players that are going to be, you know, returning next year, um, you don't you don't stop until the final whistle blows. And that final whistle hasn't blown yet for the Raiders. Uh, they still have another game to play, and I think he's going to play it uh, as, as hard as he possibly can to show everybody how it's supposed to be done. There he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, thanks so much for your time, my man. You got anything coming out on the Review Journal that we should be on the lookout for? I'm writing tomorrow uh, or for tomorrow, and uh, will post later on tonight about Jared Stidham and the uh, and the skill set that, that he showed and how there's a little bit of there's more thought process uh, behind it than, than 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 everybody might think when you're in that scramble mode and, and getting to, ready to take off. There's still some rules and regulations to it, but uh, inter- interesting stuff from Jared. All right, man, good stuff. We'll be on the lookout for it. There he goes, Vinny Bonsignor. You can catch him every single morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Of course, all his work. VegasNation.com, uh, Las Vegas Review Journal does a great job with both. Uh, always putting out all the great work, so make sure you check out Vinny Bonsignor. We appreciate his time this afternoon. 4.44 is the time. When we come back, we'll close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 4.48 is the time. We've got a few minutes left as we close out the show. It's been a fun show. Joe Valerio, former Kansas City Chief Offensive Lineman, joined us at 2.30. Kenny Shedd, former Raider wide receiver at 3. Talked to Dr. Singh at 4 o'clock, Chief Medical Officer for the Raiders. We just heard from Vinny Bonsignor to close out our guest lineup. But, of course, we've had plenty of interaction with you as well. From everything to the Raiders to what it would mean to win this game for the Raiders on Saturday to your favorite music, your Hurt music. Ain't nothing wrong with Hurt music, man. Hurt music is good stuff. Let me ask you this, Damon. Tickle me this. Riddle me this. This ought to be good. As a guy who doesn't talk to females anymore, you just send them memes when you're trying to get to know them. What would be a go-to hurt artist or song for you? Or do you guys just send a meme? Uh, You could also send a meme to, uh, you know, convey that hurt, but no. (laughs) Do you tweet out like a hurt or like a... What would be a meme that you would send? Would it be just a sad face or what would it be? It, you know, it'd be something that, you know, obviously making yourself the butt of the joke, you know, being self-deprecating. Uh, you know, um, something about how down bad you are. Uh, something of those sorts. It'd just be like you. Oh, there's this one good one. It's um from the movie. I can't think of the movie. Adam Sandler. He's like, you know, a jewelry dealer and oh, all that stuff. Terrible movie. Yeah, but terrible you know what movie. I'm talking about. Yes. I can't think of the well, name. Was it like uh, Queen of Diamonds or King of Diamonds? So, or? Yeah, you know, and it's like centered around. When Kevin I think Garnett. of Diamonds or King of Diamonds, I'm thinking about a club. But Just anyway, saying. there's yeah. one. There's one. Um, the girl in the movie, Julia Fox, she's on Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. and it's your crush, her, not you. LOL. So you know that could be something. Obviously, okay. gotcha. If you got left, but no, I'm a I'm a country guy when it comes to hurt. Oh, country music is yeah, good. Hurt Chris music. Stapleton. Sometimes I cry. You know, man, I was going through a 2016. It was a rough year. Put on that. What were sometimes. you like 12? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he said 2016. Sometimes I cry, man. What was that? Yeah. You were sick. What? You're 20? Yo, you weren't buddy. even 21 yet. Yeah, I know. What could you go through at 20? Pain. Oh, man. I, I <laughs> hate to think what your kind of pain was at 20. Couldn't nobody tell me nothing until I got to at least 30. Nobody tell me nothing. I was like Teflon. 
and I became soft after that. But I was I was like Teflon then. Yeah, but you know, you put on some Chris Stapleton, you know, you're really yeah. going through something. Okay. He's got some good ones. I like it. I like it. We're gonna have to do a show. I don't know what day it is, but we'll do we'll do it in, you know in the off season, which convenient for us, it's next week. Uh we'll you know, we'll we'll at some point where all our comeback music will either be by request. You know what I mean? Like we'll do something like that. We'll have some fun with it. Uh, I would say tomorrow, but that's that's we have to do too much planning. We already got enough planning. <laughs> to. I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings, by the way, over at the uh, Galleria Mall right there in Henderson. It's funny, man. I drove into that the first time I was there. I drove in and I drove right past it because it's like as soon as you drive in, you got to make a sharp right, and then you're right there. It's like you never get to the mall, and all I do is have my mind on the mall, right? I'm like that 18 year old cue where it's like me and the cousin are going to the mall to go see some girls, right? We're going to the mall, so my mind is focused on the mall. Realize, oops, whoops, I passed Buffalo Wild Wings. So anyway, I'll be there tomorrow from two to five. I really don't do it. Don't go to the mall for anything else. <laughs> I went to the Raider image inside the mall and I got my, uh, I got my father's day gift. I, I, I went and collaborated with the wife and, and, and kids to, to get my father's day gift where it was a, a Raiders like bar table and everything. It's, it's awesome. It's in our game room at the house. So that's why I went to the mall. Everything else, shoes, order them online. This, that, order them online. I'm lazy. I am. I'll admit it. I don't even know what to do when I go to the mall anymore. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to walk? Is there a certain direction I'm supposed to go? I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do at the mall. When it comes to ordering stuff online, I was talking to Sylvia today. Okay. And she was. we were talking about tea. Okay. And I was like, oh, where'd you get it from? She said, I ordered it off Amazon. Tea? Tea. Oh, man. And I, and it was just, I was, oh, you order your tea off Amazon? Kept Still kept talking, but in the back of my mind, I was just, I well, would have never thought. You know, the wife orders our groceries and then just goes and picks them up. We have We have become that people. Mm, see, I could. We do have it. become that people where she puts. She's like, "Oh, I'll put my order in. What time should I go pick up the groceries?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? Oh, well, it's a certain time. I got to put them up, and then she'll they'll come out, and all I got to do is open the trunk, and they'll throw it in the back, which is obviously convenient, but it's just weird to me still. It's like, who does that? Well, we do. <laughs> so <laughs> she asked me for some ones the other day. I was like, "Where are you going? But <laughs> <laughs> you need some ones for? Oh, I got I, I want to give a tip for the you know the grocery store. I was like, "Oh, we're doing that, huh?" All right. We become, but look, I can't complain. I can't say anything about it because, you know, she can always look at me and be like, well, then you go to the grocery store and pick them up. Like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> I got to go to the, uh, the facility. Coach McDaniels is talking. Anybody's talking. <laughs> Somebody. Eddie Pascal just called me and was like, Q, I need to talk to you. Oh, got to go. You can't call him? Nope. <laughs> it's got to be an in-person thing, right? I'm, hey, man, I'm that cat. I'm that cat. I probably shouldn't tell her myself because she's probably driving home right now, right? <laughs> Keeping notes of all the secrets that I use. Like, oh, okay. So this is this is where he, this is going to the facility. That used to be the go-to. Oh, I got to go to the facility real quick. I used to do it. When I, I did that back in the day. <laughs> Trying to think. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. That's, yeah it's just young. It just is what it is. Uh, Mailman Raider hit us up on the dopeybroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. I said, Q, that Ursher Confessions album is my number one. The whole album is top five all time. Don't at me. That was a good one. Ursher Confessions was fantastic. That one was great. I have an awesome story about that, but I don't have enough time to get to it. So I want to hope I can remember to tell the story tomorrow because I no doubt about it when I was a slow jam guy in Fresno, California at Q97, I used that confession album to my advantage. I'll tell you about it. Probably tomorrow because we're not going to have enough time. But, Demond, you said we got someone that we got to get on the phone real quick. Juan the Smasher. Uh-oh, here comes Juan from the top rope. What's on your mind, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Give him my confessions. 
I know that's right. Hey, man, I was bumping that usher too back in high school. Man, I was doing bad. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> man, yeah, I was. I was hurting, boy. I thought it was the players trying to be like my uncles and stuff, trying to be a old school player. Nope. Right. Wrong thing. We all yeah, get humbled. But, uh, we all get humbled at some point. <laughs> For real. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, what would this game mean to me? Yeah. If the Raiders beat the Chiefs, man, that don't mean everything. Even though it's been a roller coaster season, but to see these guys to beat those Chiefs, man, that'll that'll be the icing on the cake because I cannot stand them cats, man. <laughs> and that'll be dope. But I'm just wishing that uh, Josh A, he runs through all those defenders like he did last time in KC. So I'm just hoping for that, Q. And thank you everything you do, you two, tomorrow. There, let's go, Raiders. There he goes. Juan the Smasher. Great stuff, man. That's a great way to close it out. And, yeah, man, uh, hopefully J.J.'s out there. He's questionable right now for uh, Saturday. Uh, I expect him to be out there. And he had a hell of a day against the Chiefs in week five. I'd love to see him duplicate that and take home that rushing title. So, uh, there you go. We done gave our com- our confessions. We done gave out our Hurt Mary. We done gave out Hurt Keisha. We had Bill hit us up and say he's a Marvin Gaye type guy. Vinny said he was a prince. And a skinny and a big Luther guy. Man, we I, Juan the Smasher was talking about, you got it, you got it, you got it. You know what I mean? He was having it bad. We all do bad at some point, but we doing good now. <laughs> we doing good now. Now, when I get home, that might be a different subject, but we'll see. 4.56 is the time. Have a great evening, man. It's Red Nation Radio 920.